Money FM 89.3, the best of the afternoon update. Money in the market on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Money in the Market. I'm Hong Bin Jung. Bitcoin is riding high. The world's largest cryptocurrency has risen 22% this year, more than $52,000, surpassing the $1 trillion milestone for the first time since its peak in late 2021. Now, its revival has electrified the broader cryptocurrency market, which now exceeds $2 trillion. So given these developments, will the positive momentum persist or are there potential pitfalls on the horizon? Well, joining us on the phone today to tell us more is Lasanka Pera, who is the CEO of Independent Reserve Singapore. Hi, Lasanka. Welcome to the show. Hi, Hong Bin. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. You know, Lasanka, the crypto industry had ended 2023 on a high, which has continued into this year. What kind of movements have we witnessed since then? Well, as you mentioned, Hong Bin, we're up uh, 20-something percent for the year. Bitcoin closed up 150% up last year. We've crossed the $1 trillion market cap. And now Bitcoin is the 10th largest asset. Wow. Um, Yeah, absolutely. And I guess the other great thing that happened in 2023 was Ethereum, the second biggest crypto by market cap, shifted to proof of stake. It became a yield generating asset and the amount of stake deep doubled from about 68 million tokens to around 30 million tokens. Okay. But overall, I guess 2023 was a cleansing year. We had many bad actors and businesses leave the industry. I think we've got, as a result of last year, we've got a higher appreciation for counterparty risk, the security of protocols and trading venues. And I think the shift towards self-custody accelerated. So I think mm-hmm. overall, the industry is in a much better place going into 2024. Well, I mean, one of the boosts in the cryptocurrency was the recent approval of spot Bitcoin ETFs in the U.S. that was seen as a significant milestone and boost for the industry. So what are the ongoing implications and key takeaways so far? Yeah, well, well, the Bitcoin ETFs have been coming for 10 years, mm. but I think the size and speed of the inflows has surprised everybody. Okay. Just last week, Bitcoin ETFs saw about $2.2, $2.3 million in net inflows, wow. taking 43,000 Bitcoin out of circulating supply just in five days. Mm. So that's about 10 times the amount of Bitcoin mined daily. And this is an incredible situation considering there are only 1.3 million Bitcoin left to be mined. Mm. And the daily supply, newly mined Bitcoin, will drop to 450 in April. Mm-hmm. And I guess another very interesting development is Fidelity's all-in-one portfolio now has a 1% to 3% allocation to Bitcoin. And this is an example of how BTC can seamlessly be added to portfolios going forward. And I think we'll continue to see access get easier and products proliferate like we saw after the first gold ETF in 2004. I see. I mean, before we dive in deeper into these ETFs, Asaka, maybe you could help some of our listeners understand what the difference between investing in Bitcoin itself and Bitcoin ETFs. I mean, what are the advantages of owning crypto directly as opposed to holding Bitcoin via ETF? Yeah, sure thing. 
Well, you can buy Bitcoin from a Singapore regulated exchange 24-7 in Singapore dollars or your local currency. Mm. You can self-custody it. You can pay anyone anywhere in the world without needing to rely on a bank or an intermediary. You can trade it on across venues. You can lend it out for yield. You can collateralize it for other assets and participate in DeFi. But TFs, on the other hand, are US-denominated products. They're available during US trading hours. You can't self-custody, you can't lend, you can't use it as a means of payment, and you pay an ongoing management fee to hold the ETFs. While it's a great way to passively pick up exposure Uh for a large market of institutional investors, there's so much more you could do with buying the actual underlying asset. I mean, according to market reports as well, next up is the Spot Ethereum ETF, and their approvals are expected to be next in line. Will that have a similar positive impact on the industry? I think the Bitcoin ETF is very much a zero to one moment, usually impactful. It's opened up you know, a huge amount of capital flooding in. I think the next ETFs, whether it's Ethereum or, you know, other asset classes or baskets, they'll also have a positive impact, but, you know, it just won't be as impactful as the first Bitcoin ETFs will be. Everything else will be marginal. Mm, Okay. So how will offerings such as spot Bitcoin ETFs impact or, let's say, change Asia's crypto industry? Are they here to stay? Yeah, I think so. The annual IR crypto index shows more Singaporean investors are leaning towards buying underlying Mm -hmm. over a US-based ETF. And we've certainly seen the pickup in onboardings and Bitcoin purchases in the last month to back up the survey results. And I think the US regulations will set a precedent for the rest of the world to follow. So there'll be regional ETFs, Asia and elsewhere. And I think there have been applications submitted to regulators in markets like Australia and Hong Kong. So it makes sense to have local currency denominated ETFs that trade on local venues. I see. Let's focus on Bitcoin itself now. I mean, based on the latest data, Bitcoin has been hitting over $50,000 or around 67,000 Singapore dollars. Is this uptrend likely to continue? I think so. Can it go past that? You know, before the crypto winter, I believe it was above 70,000 SGD. Can it reach that level as well? Yeah. Well, these ETF providers, Hongbin, are competing with each other to win assets under management. Mm. So we'll see better ads, more marketing, more sales. And as we approach April, we'll see every Wall Street analyst talking about the supply halving and the 21 million hard cap. Mm-hmm. And then the rapid growth of ETFs, AUMs, the halving and the possibility of lower rates is all building towards a perfect storm for Bitcoin. And this is my opinion only and not financial advice, mm-hmm. but it looks highly, highly likely that we'll smash through the all-time high. You mentioned the halving event there. I mean, it is highly anticipated and it sparked considerable interest, which is set to start in late April. Could you perhaps, you know, explain what having the halving event is for our listeners? And can you share the reasons behind this heightened intention? Yeah, can. So the Bitcoin goes through a four-year cycle of the block reward dropping by 50%. So right now, the block reward paid to miners every 10 minutes is 6.25 Bitcoin. At this rate, there are 90 Bitcoin mined every day. Mm. In late April, this drops to 3.125 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. And that means a total of 450 BTC every day. This happens predictably every four years until we hit the 21 million Bitcoin supply cap. In previous cycles, we've seen the Bitcoin price, BTC prices 
exploded 9,000%, 2,800% and 600% in the 12 to 18 months following the halving. But this time around, the ease of access to Bitcoin has never been higher and the trust in US dollars has never been lower. I see. So, I mean, you know, cryptocurrencies, it's always known to have this, you know, high volatility, high risk assets. So would you say that crypto is still an attractive portfolio diversifier? I mean, how does crypto fare against other alternatives like, let's say, gold? Well, in the last 10 years, Hongbin, gold is up 52% approximately. The S&P 500 is up about 170% and Bitcoin's up 460x. So it's a very, very big difference there. But diversification is key. Mm. Bitcoin in particular is an important diversifier for any portfolio. It has high upside potential, which is covered, provably limited in supply, has low correlation to other assets. And research has shown that a 1% to 5% allocation can increase the risk-adjusted returns of a portfolio. But it is important to acknowledge crypto is volatile and has its own set of risk and return characteristics. So that must be taken into consideration. I see. I mean, still, though, challenges such as, you know, fraud, scams and security issues, they continue to persist in the industry. So, Lasanka, what would your advice be for those who are still keen on investing in crypto? Let's just touch on the fraud, crime, scam aspect. A chain analysis, which is an industry surveillance business, their annual report showed us that money laundering using crypto dropped 29% last year. Crime involving crypto dropped 39% last year and only represents 0.34% of on-chain activity. And in both cases, the aggregate numbers are dwarfed by a criminal money laundering and scam activities using mm-hmm. fair currencies and traditional financial system. And I guess the other thing I would say is like crypto is the future of money and finance. Investing in crypto is an investment in your education and the future. Mm. There will be a steep learning curve and it will be volatile, but it is inevitable. Mm. So you can start now or be left behind. When you do, Mm. when you do invest in crypto, it's important to remember investment basics, doing your own research, setting stop losses, diversifying, position sizing, not using too much leverage, and not investing more than you can afford to lose. But because of the nature of crypto, Mm -hmm. you can try it out with a far smaller pool of capital Mm -hmm. than traditional investments. Yes, so small allocations, particularly to Bitcoin, can give you outsized returns. All righty. And before we let you go here, could you share what we should be looking out for in the crypto space in the year ahead? Yeah, absolutely. So we've touched a bit on the Bitcoin halving. What you might see right after the halving is Bitcoin miners that are a little less competitive, some of them might capitulate, shut down, and they might liquidate some Bitcoin holdings. So you might see the price come down initially after the halving. I think the competition for alternative layer ones will continue to heat up. And I think as price rises, it Mm. becomes difficult to hold highly valuable, highly liquid assets without earning a return on those assets. So as a means of generating yield, ETH, other DeFi and lending products and protocols will come into favor once again. And I think while Bitcoin is the first asset to move Mm. in the cycle, we'll see the ETH BTC ratio start to move later in the year and we'll see longer tail assets start to move into a more 
active, wider spread crypto bull market. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Lasanka, for your time and your insights today. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Ongbin. Thank you for joining me this afternoon. We've been speaking with Lasanka Pereira, who is a CEO of Independent Reserve Singapore. I'm Hongbin Jung, and this has been Money in the Market. Stay with Money FM 89.3. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.